Under the Fig Tree. I am your host, Troy, and this is my co-host, Bruce. And we have a fantastic conversation piece today. I will give you the warning up front. This may make you a bit uncomfortable. It is going to challenge your theology, especially present-day theology. (laughs) But Bruce, go ahead and introduce the topic. Well, Troy, the topic for today, I think we're going to call it the fallacy of living your best life now. And that is such a great topic. I think sometimes in general, especially in this Western part of the world, I think what we try to do is we try to Americanize the book. Yeah. We try to Americanize scripture and we don't necessarily look at it in the context in which it was written. Gets us in all kinds of trouble. Yes. Uh, So today we're going to look at this modern way of thinking that I'm living my best life and I'm going to live my best life according to the way the world dictates what your best life is. Right. So this should be fun, should be interesting. Go ahead and take a stab at it. Well, you know, Troy, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd been thinking about this for a while, and uh, and it was just interesting. I a couple of days ago, uh, I just it seemed like it kind of all came together in my thinking, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, I need to call Troy because we <laughs> we we need to we need to get this on the docket. Uh, as a as a as as a subject to talk about, understand that we are not the people who just want to, you know, be heard on the radio or on the internet and have a podcast for the sake of having a podcast. I want to say that up front. This is not you know break other people down to make ourselves look good. This is not just pick pick on things you know just for the sake of picking on things. Right. I know Troy and his family. They know us and our family, I know them to be solid men and women of God, and I believe that they know us to be the same. And that's why we get along so well, and we are able to do so much in ministry together, because our common goal is simply to be obedient to God and to help the people. Both of us would would probably best be described as Ephesians 4 ministries, Mm -hmm. because we absolutely believe in training, training the body of Christ while we try to get people saved. And while, you know, while, while we tell people about Jesus, but we also cling to Ephesians 4 very strongly, and that has to do with training. So I hope that those of you who are listening will understand that the subject that we're going to deal with today, the fallacy, I call it, of living your best life, is not to just pick and poke at stuff, but really to get you to think about where you are in this process. So just to piggyback on that, again, it's not to pick and poke. It's not to to kind of, you know, I guess, uh, uh, make people feel any kind of condemnation or right. anything like that. Not at it's all. Not being nitpicky. But we have to understand these small things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Oh, boy. And and we also have to understand that the the enemy that we're battling against is very subtle. Yes. Um, that's the first thing we learn about him. The, the serpent point. was more subtle than any beast in the field. We understand that. So sometimes what we have to do is we have to uproot some of these subtle things before they turn into big thing. Yeah. And this is this is the purpose of this kind of conversation. Right. Even though it might be uncomfortable and some people might say, hey, these guys are just being nit we're really not being nitpicky. We have to understand that every big tree it starts with a seed. Yes. And the seed is very small. Yes. But eventually it turns into something big. Yeah. And it will produce fruit. That's so it's going to be produced right. one way or the other, either good fruit or bad fruit. So what we want to do is is get you to start thinking about 
some of the small things in your life um, and say, hey, you know what? Not just this thing, but what other things, you know, in my sure. life. So, sure. One, uh, you know, I, I, I will be very honest and very upfront right up front and say that I, I, I personally, this is my personal belief that the whole idea of living your best life now for the believer is one of the worst things that a believer <laughs> could have ascribed to mm-hmm. um, because it's so diametrically opposed to what the Bible tells us about living this living this life, what I call living in the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I, I, I consider myself one who is a follower of the way. You know, one of the things I thought about Troy was it didn't catch on, but for a few years, remember YOLO? <laughs> YOLO, Y-O-L-O. You only live you once. only live once. Yeah. One of the dumbest things I think I've ever heard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, and uh, guys, I don't mean to be very abrupt, but I'm going to be very abrupt because I think sometimes you just have to go ahead and put it out there. And I'm okay with you not agreeing and you be okay with me kind of just saying, you know, saying it the way that it comes out of me. I can't be somebody that I'm not. Right. YOLO, you only live once, is a lie for the believer. That's Let right. me back up and say YOLO, you only live once, is not a it's 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 not a wonderful thing. You want to live twice. That's right. In act in all actuality. That's, that's right. why I have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. You want to live twice. We we were living once and we were dying. We were on our way to hell. And we got to be reborn in Jesus Christ when we accepted Jesus. So that's why I don't like you only live once, right? But when I thought about this whole idea of living your best life now, that also came came to my to my thinking, right? Um, I know there 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 are uh, believers who have written books. There are leaders within the body of Christ who have written books. I want to also say I'm giving a lot of uh you know a lot of disclaimers up front that uh, I'm not dealing with the people who have written those books. I'm not even critiquing those books because I haven't actually read them. Mm-hmm. I had the thought, and it was in reference to several things that I remember Jesus himself saying. So that's what we want to deal with. This idea of, you know, I, I got to have the big house, you know, the 2.5 children, you know, and the three cars, even though only two of you drive, <laughs> you, you know, it's an American idea. It's not a Christian idea. It's an American idea. And maybe even a worldwide idea, because who doesn't want a nice house, you know, so I'm not even dealing with that. You have a nice house. Thank God for it. That's right. You have a small apartment. Thank, thank God, God for, for it. it. That's right. You have a, a tiny condo like we do. Thank God for it. Mm-hmm. Angels hang out with me in my condo. I'm grateful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, they don't just like big houses. You know, they hang out with believers, wherever believers are, who are real believers. But I thought about all of that. And and I uh, and I'll, I'll just start kind of if you don't mind, like Mark eight thirty four through thirty through thirty eight. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to reference it. But if you're wanting to take notes or whatever, or go back and follow with us, you know, uh, Mark eight talks about, and this is Jesus talking, where he says, "Those who try to save their life will lose it, and those who give up their life will find their life." Jesus said that. That's right. So maybe we have a different definition of living your best life than what Jesus considers living your best life. Maybe there's a little bit different definition. You know, what what do you, you, you know, 
You want to add to that? So I think, you know, there, there's the world's definition. We talked right before we started recording. There's the world's definition of living your best life. Obviously, it's not the same definition because I think one thing that debunks the way the world says living your best life is Romans 12. Mm-hmm. I beseech you, therefore, <laughs> brother, by the mercy of God, that oh, you present my. yourselves a living sacrifice. Just that word sacrifice dictates that there's things that I want that yeah. I'm going to have to lay to the side yes. for the sake of Christ. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I want. Yeah. There's a, but I believe one thing, let me say it the right way. God is so much smarter than us. Yes. He's so much smarter than us. And <laughs> we have to understand that sometimes the things that we want most likely will destroy us. Yeah. And so God says, no, you can't have that because there's two things that's going to be wrong with that. Number one, it's going to pull you away from me. And number two, it's going to lead to your detriment. Troy, do you know, I know people that don't believe that God says no. They refuse to accept it. God is my father. He's a good God. He's a good father. And I ask him and he gives me and, you know, and they totally reject the (laughs) idea that God could say no. What good father doesn't say no from time to time? What good father doesn't say no? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. For the good of the child. Well, even then, Scripture does say, our Scriptures do tell us and and hint towards him saying no. Again, if we're going to follow after him in the manner in which we're supposed to follow after him, we have to accept his no. Yes. We have to accept his no. That's exactly right. Um, So, in doing that, like I said, the definition that the world has versus what, what Jesus has laid out as far as our best life. Our best life is going to be a life of servitude. Yeah. Our best life is going to be a life of obedience. Yes. You know, and, and in that, there's certain things that we're going to have to push to the side that may be in our minds good for us. Mm-hmm. But scripture tells us too, and I can't remember exactly where it is. It's in, it's in Psalms, but it says that he will keep no good thing from us or from those who walk upright before him, right? Mm-hmm. So, let, okay, if the answer is no, it might not be a good thing, number one, and we might not be walking upright before him, number two. <laughs> right. Right? So, yeah, I mean, God has to say no to us sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of like, um, I, I kind of wish more people, and hopefully people that are listening now uh, can equate the two things, but I kind of wish more people would equate their own parenthood yeah. to how, oh man, you know, God parents us. Yes. Sometimes your, your child may go because they're curious. They may crawl around and get ready to stick something into a socket. Yeah. But as a good parent, you have to say no. Right. Why? Cause that would kill the child. Yeah. It would yeah. kill them. So as a good parent, you would have to say no. And I think sometimes we have to equate our parenthood. Right. It's not the same, exactly the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but you have to, you know, I'm a parent, and sometimes you have to tell your children, no, God is a parent. But he designed it that way exactly. so that we would see the connection. Exactly. I mean, he designed family, and he designed parenthood and how, and the, the structures of it and the functioning of it. So there really is a very real connection to it. That scripture you were referencing in Psalm is Psalm 84, 11. There we go. Um yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree, man. And and um, once again, this is not about, you know, telling people you can't have anything, you can't do anything, you can't. It's it's really about encouraging folk to to follow, follow the one you say you believe in. Correct. And when he turns left, 
you turn left, mm -hmm. even though you want to go keep going straight. You, you see, that's 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 the real thing. To me, that goes right in with John. I'm sorry, Luke uh, nine, Luke nine twenty three. Take up your cross and follow me. Once again, this is Jesus speaking. Take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. I. I always say it like this. Where are you going, Jesus? <laughs> he says, take up your cross. and Jesus, where are you going? I'm going to Golgotha to get up on it. Mm -hmm. Take up your cross and follow me. Where? To Golgotha so that you can willingly get up on the cross and give up your life for the sake of gaining eternal life and gaining the well-done good and faithful. Yes. How important is the well done, good and faithful in relation to what you want in this life? Correct. That's the question. You know what I'm saying? That's the question I ask myself all the time. Okay. How important is this in the scope of eternity? How important is this thing? Yeah, there's things that I want, there's things that I desire. Some of those things have been met over the years that I've been walking with the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord has been good to us. There are other things where I felt very strongly that he said, no, son, we're not going to do that that way. You know, I've even had the Lord tell me one time, Troy, if I, I wanted to stay, this is pertaining to ministries. I wanted to stay in a particular ministry. And the Lord says to me one day, I'd been there 20 years, my wife and my family and I, which served faithfully for 20 years. And he says to me one day, he says, if I leave you here, son, you'll never fulfill everything that I have in my heart for you to fulfill. So I was heartbroken, mm -hmm. but I heard my father who understood and could see way beyond my ability to see. And so when I said, please let us stay, it was a no. And I always say it like this. It, it, it felt like the Lord said to me, my father said to me, uh, I love you, son, you're fired. <laughs> you, you, you know, I love you, you're fired. And, and now I have to go on to something else. So it's amazing because there are different times in our lives where we may come to realize that we're having to bear our cross. And bearing your cross is something that we don't necessarily oh, talk about. We don't much. like it. We don't like it. Sometimes we don't. We don't <laughs> like to discuss these things. No, uh, the the cross that you bear, and I can I can be real, but sometimes the cross that you bear could be the one that sleeps next to you. Oh my right? God! Okay, we're gonna talk some real so, talk. Yeah, sometimes sometimes that's the cross that you have to bear, um, and it's not. Listen, marriage is beautiful. Marriage is beautiful. But even in marriage, there are certain things about your your spouse that could almost be like, you know, raking your nails across sure. a chalkboard. Sure. You know, and that's for any marriage. Let's talk about I'm it. I'm sure my wife has, listen, I'm sure my wife has to put up with things for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and in certain in certain aspects, I could be the cross that she has to bear. Yeah. Maybe for that day, maybe right. for that month, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I could be the cross that she has to bear. I thank and my wife every every year on our anniversary for voting me back in. 
you know, for electing me one more time, you know, because I know I wasn't a great, you know, a great official, you right. know, uh, for the whole 12 months. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So I thank her every every anniversary for electing me again, you know, right to the office of husband. But bearing the cross gives you the indication, <laughs> you know right. what I mean, that that is it's not something that's comfortable. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not something that's comfortable. So exactly I, I right. think one thing we have to do. Um, as believers, and and for any of our listeners, again, we're not trying to beat up on people or anything like that. Um, but there is something that I do think believers need to understand that this is not the best that it gets. Man, this wow. is not the best that it gets. This life here on earth is not the best that it's ever going to be. Right, and we have to understand that. Again, going back to scripture, what does it profit a man to gain? Yeah, the world, but lose his soul. Oh boy! So there's a lot of things we can gain here, and if we chase after those things, yeah, it's it's going to be hard for you to chase after materialism, yeah, and God at the same time. That's exactly right. Especially if materialism is taking you this way, but God's right. going that way. Well, you know? you know, once again, even Jesus said this. He said, "He said, uh, for your Father knows that you have need of all these things." Mm -hmm. And then he gives the instruction on how to get the things, but how to get the things, the instruction had nothing to do with going after the things. It had to do with going after the one who gives the things. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So, so many times I think we get focused on the thing. And most times it's just been my experience that God doesn't really have a problem with the thing. A car is a car is a car. Right. It has four wheels. It has an engine, a steering wheel, a brake, and a and a pedal. You know, right. and then everything else is just accoutrements, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's designed to get you from point A to point B. If you want to do that in a Mercedes, by all means, do it in a Mercedes. That's right. Bless God in the Mercedes. Pick up somebody along the way and take them with you to church. Whatever, right? If you're happy with doing that, and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The thing doesn't matter. Someone said this a long time ago. God doesn't really mind you having things. He just doesn't ever want the thing to have you. That's right. And I think that's the thing that that I kind of want to deal with today, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that this life that we've chosen to live in Jesus Christ is not a, here's my favorite, my, my favorite term. It's not a tiptoe through the tulips kind of life. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, and, and we would be doing people a disfavor, a dishonor if we even allowed anyone to think that or to have conversations and we don't say, well, you know what, you know, Jesus did say that in this life, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. John 16, 33. He makes it real plain. I'll paraphrase it, but he makes it real plain. He says, Hey, if you go hang out with me, guess what? There's going to be trouble. Yeah. He says, if they hated you, right they're, they're I mean, if they hated me, I'm sorry, he's talking of himself, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. The fact that you are connected to me makes you you know puts a target on your back per se, and that's john fifteen uh eighteen uh eighteen through twenty five I think you know, so the idea of being connected to Jesus is not a tiptoe through the tulip kind of an idea it's 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 actually wow, okay, i have to I have to value him yes and my connection to him greater than anything or anybody else yes on the planet which includes spouse 
Yes. Which includes children. Correct. You know, which includes grandbabies and, you know, everybody that you would, that you hold close and dear to your heart. I like to say this, Troy, don't put me in a position where I have to choose between you and God because you lose. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Every time. If you put me in that position, you lose. And I'm sorry. And I love you, though you might not believe it right now. <laughs> but I do. But I love him more. Right. Because, because he saved me. You love me, but he saved me. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference. Don't you get it twisted because I'm not getting it twisted. And if he tells me to do this and go this way instead of being over here with you, then I really hope you understand. And even furthermore, I hope you come and join me in it. Mm -hmm. You want to spend time? Come and join me in the worship and the obedience of the Lord. Come and join me in that, you know? Yeah. And then and then it's not it's not a burden to bear because now my family's with me. My friends are with me. Mm -hmm. We're doing this together. If you don't, then guess what? That becomes my cross. That becomes my cross, man. That's life, right? That's life. That's that's life. I, I find a lot of this stuff, you know, quite interesting because I, you know, you know, back to the I know I don't think we ever left the point, but back to the statement. Uh, living your best life, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we pick up these uh, colloquialisms from mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. and we just repeat them without any thought. Yeah. Again, YOLO, you only live once. Right. No, that's not the case. You know, <laughs> we right. talked about that before, <laughs> you know, that's not the case, but, and, and then you have this, uh, uh, you know, living my best life. And we, we just repeat it. And then we act out on it, yeah. You know, um, as though we don't serve a living God, uh, one that demands sacrifice. And if you're going to follow Him, demands sacrifice. Yes. You and I have talked about this before, and we actually talked about it uh, before we started recording too. The Jesus I met, yeah, is oh, not the Lord. one that says, <laughs> you know, you go out there and live your best life. He's not, uh, and especially live your best life detached from me. No. Um, the Jesus I met said, you know, I'm the vine. Yeah. And you're the branches. Yeah. You know, and, and when he told me that, he said, look, as the vine, I can live independent of you, but there's no way you can live independent from me. Oh my. You need me. Oh boy. And this is something, um, when I teach about, I believe that's John 15. Mm -hmm. When I teach John 15, one thing I, I try to stress to the believers if since he's divine, I shouldn't say if, but since he's divine and we are the branches, we have to adopt this mentality that if it does not come from the vine, it's not for me. That's that's it. It's not for me. Doesn't matter how good it looks. Doesn't it. matter how profitable it could be. If it doesn't come from the vine, it is not for you. Yeah. So everything yeah. we need comes from the vine. Yeah. Every, everything you need comes from the vine. And if it doesn't come from the vine, be okay with backing away from it. Wow, man. Be okay with backing away from it. Thanks so much for tuning in. That's all the time we have for today. But be on the lookout for the next episode where Bruce and Troy will continue this conversation under the fig tree.